Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. It's um, 9 o'clock at night on a Thursday, and we're here uh, doing a podcast. We had a, we had a wild week. Oh, I'm your host. Uh, <laughs> my name's Dusty Slay, and I'm your host. And I'm here with my wife and co-host, Hannah Hogan. That's what I'm saying. We don't need an introduction. Now, I like the introduction. The introduction is needed. Uh, and it doesn't feel right to do it without it. Okay. Um, so, but we've been on the go. I mean, this week has been wild. Between last week and this week, I mean, last week we got on it. We we recorded a podcast early. We were on top of it. We were knocking things out. And then, you know, I didn't have any shows this past weekend. And we started the renovation for the podcast studio. We have in our house... Um, we have two stories and uh, in our house, and that's very normal for people. But I grew up in a trailer, and when I was growing up, I thought everyone that lived in a two-story house was rich. So for me to tell people that I have two stories in my house um, is uh, feels weird to say. Um, but we do have two stories. We live in a very normal house, but it's two stories. And above the stairs was this little loft area. And we've been living here about three years. That loft is useless to us. You know, we would put stuff up there. We had a couch. I put a lot of my merch up there. We had uh, a computer and stuff like that. But really, it was a useless loft because the the downstairs ceiling is a bit high. I would say it's a 10-foot ceiling. So the loft is way up there, and it, it, it's just not good. So what we decided to do, because we're having a baby in June, someone asked, someone messaged me and said that we, they didn't see, they were like, you didn't put out a podcast today. Do you have a baby? And I'm like, well, the baby's not due till June. Um, and so we don't have it yet, but um, we, we need this room that we're recording our podcast in for the baby. I mean, I don't mind my kids sharing a room, but I don't think it's fair for them to share a room because I need one of the rooms to record a podcast in. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't feel quite right. Right, right. So, <laughs> so we're having to make way. So what we decided to do was get this loft closed in and it's going well. But, you know, during the day, a lot of times we would do podcasts during nap time. But what's going on is we have construction going on in here all day, banging, sawing, cutting. So we went out to the cabin for a few days, uh, but we couldn't go the first week. But anyway, we went this last week and we ended up spending three nights out there, which is, I think, our longest stretch. But like day one, when we get out there, uh, maybe not day one, day two, when we get out there, I go, I'm trying to get grass to grow in the front yard. So I go out and I buy some grass seed. I'm putting grass seed out. I buy, I, I buy a bale of hay and I'm shaking this hay all over the grass seed. Cause that's what they say to do to help the grass grow. I've grown a lot of grass, but then that night my nose was real stuffy. I felt like I had a real sinus issue and i don't really get sinus issues but people always say oh tennessee's so bad for the sinuses so then my mom comes up joins us at the cabin my mom gets into the outdoor stuff too my mom's very handy she gets into crafting and gardening and all that sort of stuff so i got a i got a guy coming out to cut the lawn out there he's cutting the grass out there it's dry there's dust flying up there's pollen everywhere i'm out there handling the fresh cut grass because i'm using it to sprinkle over a hill i got that's eroding away i'm breathing that in the next day i can't sleep at all i slept for about five hours and then i was up the next day i couldn't breathe at all i was sneezing all and then so all last night i thought i was sick I was in here, my, I thought my head was going to explode. I had just sinus pressure and I couldn't breathe out of my nostrils. But I got home and last night I slept great and I feel good today. I don't feel 100%, but I feel good today. So I just think I breathed in a lot of stuff. 
You're a survivor. Yeah. I breathed in a lot of stuff. And, but I feel good now. So it's just been a, you know, kind of a whirlwind. Uh, and I can't even remember all what we've done, to be honest. I don't even know what's been going on. I, I feel like I, sometimes I do so much comedy that I'll get overwhelmed and I think I have no free time. And then when I get too much free time, it's almost like I can't even remember what I do for a living. I can't even remember, but it's about to ramp up. I mean, tomorrow I'm on my way to Johnson City, Tennessee to do um, a gig with Nate Bergazzi, Aaron Weber, and Brian Bates, and Steven Bergazzi. We're all doing a, a show in Johnson City uh, at an arena. It's going to be a big show. And then the next day, we're going to do the Bridgestone Arena Saturday here in Nashville. Probably the biggest show I've ever done. I mean, I opened, I do the Grand Old Opry fairly regular, uh, and it seats 4,400 people. I've done um, a show in Atlanta, and I can't think of the place right now, with Jeff Foxworthy, and it, I believe it was 6,000 people. Um, I opened for the band Alabama in Iowa, and I think it was 6,000 people. I think this one with Nate is going to be 16,000 people. I caramba. Pretty insane. Now, I've done Bridgestone. I did the Charlie Daniels Volunteer Jam there one time. I don't know how many people were there, but it was pretty packed. I did um, um, a private event for the Nashville Predators one time at the Bridgestone, but it was not anywhere close to being full. But I can't imagine Saturday will be any more awkward than that gig was. That was another corporate event. It was fun. They gave me a jersey. I have a Preds jersey with my name on the back. So that's pretty exciting. But this, these shows are going to be wild. And it's ramping up. But then after that starts the Nashville Comedy Festival here. I'm going to do a show at the Ryman uh, on the 18th with Kid Rock. Kid Rock's doing some kind of comedy show. And man... Uh, my 11th grade self would not believe that that's about to happen. I'll tell you that. I mean, I was listening to Ba with Ba in 11th grade and straight jamming it out. And now I'm about to do a show with Kid Rock. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I met Kid Rock at, at Zany's before. Yeah, he goes, call me Bob. Yeah, I don't know if he said call me Bob, but yeah, he did introduce himself as Bob. He introduced himself as Bob to me. I think his name's Bob. Well, I, I believe that. Yeah. It would be weird if he was like, I'm Kid Rock. Call me Kid Rock. Yeah. It'd Dep- be, yeah. Depending on the setting, I guess if you're, you know, if you're in concert mode, you don't go around going, call me Bob. Mm-hmm. But if you're just hanging out, being Is annoyed. he ever in concert mode anymore? Does he even perform music? I really don't know. Okay. I really don't know. Get to know him. Pick his brain a little bit. See if he <laughs> wants to grab a coffee or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet he, but he meets for coffee a lot. Yeah, that kidding. seems like his brand. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've met him a couple of times. Seems nice, but I'll be doing that show, and that's exciting. And then I think there's another show at the Ryman that I'm doing. I don't know that lineup yet, but there is some kind of Zanies comedy all-stars happening at the Ryman on the 19th. And then also that same night, I'll be doing a show at Zany's. I don't know if my show sold out yet. Buy tickets to that one. I'm so tired right now that you telling me about ramping up when I already feel like things are busy is pretty astounding. Well, yeah, I mean, we've really had, we've been in vacation mode this last couple of weeks and it doesn't feel like vacation mode because we got things going on. I mean, we got a, you know, a a renovation going on at the house. We've been, my mom was in town. My brother-in-law was in town. We did Uh, Passover. We did did Passover. Yeah, we did. Unleavened bread. We did Passover followed by the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is, you know, for seven days you don't eat anything with leaven in it you don't eat any bread with leaven and we did that and uh, that just ended today matter of fact today broke the feast um so we did that 
and yeah, we also yeah. So I mean, a lot's happened. We've had lots of people we're potty over. training our little girl. We're potty training, yes. Which is probably why it feels so exhausting. Well, that's yeah, that is why. I mean, you 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 carry the burden of that. Uh, it's not going the way we had hoped it'd be going in um, the potty. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't. Uh, the other day, me and my daughter were hanging out in the room together, and she was pointing to something and saying saying something. I was like, what? And I was just sitting in a chair, and she kept pointing. I go, bring it here. <laughs> oh, no. And as she's coming over, I'm going, what is that? <laughs> oh, no. And she gets there and hands me a turd. <laughs> so somehow she pooped in the floor. And then brought it to me. And but we're supposed to just be happy that she knows she did it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So there's a lot been going on, and uh, but not a lot of comedy necessarily. A lot of tears. Well, we have been writing things down. Now, we, McMinnville is a funny place. Oh. I mean, it is. I like McMinnville, but you know the restaurant selection is not great. There are we're finding all the restaurants. We've been going to all kind of different places. There are some good places. We went to this one place called Gondolas, and Gondolas is like an Italian restaurant, but it feels like if um, Western Sizzlin was an Italian restaurant and no buffet. It's just got that feel, and uh, we sat down and we could hear uh, one. T- old couple talking to a another middle-aged couple from table to table and they were talking and you know um where where hannah grew up they would call cokes pop right yeah some people call them sodas where i grew up we called everything coke you know no it's like do you want a coke and it's like yeah, what kind you got? You know, you're like, well, I got grape, I got orange, you know, but they were all Cokes. This lady at this restaurant was calling them drinks. And I overheard her go, the guy goes, this is how I know this is what, he goes, have you tried that new Pepsi? She goes, I don't drink drinks. (laughs) She says, my doctor told me that I don't supposed to drink drinks, so I don't. Sometimes I... She said, I mostly drink water. Sometimes I'll have a milk, depending on how my sugar is. <laughs> but I don't drink drinks. Oh, uh, yeah. You know you're in a small town when you hear people talking about their sugar. Yeah, I mean, but I just could not, I could not get over, I don't drink drinks. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, I don't drink drinks. Because that's the only thing to be drinking <laughs> <Yeah>. is drinks. <laughs> that's that's her world is the only thing that is a drink is soda. I and she don't, don't drink them. I don't drink drinks. And that just. I thought she was just saying, I don't drink water. Like, I, I interpreted the whole thing differently. No, I mean, drinks is Cokes. Yeah. I don't drink drinks. (laughs) I mean, it's just too funny. And um, so, you know, it's been really great. I wanted to give um, a little bit of a neighbor update here. Um, Our neighbor, uh, this has been going on for a while now. Our new neighbor uh, has cleaned up. The yard is getting better. Praise God. He's hooked up. The fountain that's been sitting out there for a while is now hooked up. The water is flowing. The floodlight that shines right onto the side of our house into our daughter's bedroom and into our bathroom is now off. It was running every day for months. However long he's been there, that light's been going. It's off now. I'm hoping the light blew and they don't even know it. That's what I hope. That's probably what happened. I do hope that's what happened because it's dark over there now and I like it. And uh, he's a very nice guy. He uh, let me borrow a remote controlled Jeep today and I put Daisy in it. And then I, I wheeled her around in that remote controlled Jeep. And then we came inside. She wanted to get in the sauna. I told her that we had to go potty first. And we went. That's a word I use now. And then we went. <laughs> And then we went to the bathroom, and uh, she wouldn't do it. She was crying. She wouldn't do it. 
So I took her out and I said, well, you can't get in the sauna unless you go to the bathroom. And then she wouldn't do it. So then she's standing next to me in the garage and just pees all over the floor. And so I, I take her, I go, I try to express to her that that's wrong and that we don't do that. But she likes cleaning up. So I go, now you're going to have to clean this up. She goes, yep. And then she goes <laughs> right to cleaning it up. She does not care. And then a little while later, uh, I didn't put pants back on her because Hannah has all the pants hidden away in one little room. And so I didn't go get pants. And then she's standing on the steps to the garage and she just pees again and pees running all down the steps. Just pee everywhere, poop everywhere. I've cleaned poop out of out of pajama pants and I've rolled more turds out of pants than I ever have in my life. I've been peed on three, four, five times. I'll pick her up. And she'll she'll put her legs around my torso, and then she'll just pee right on me. And um, but you know what? I imagine we all went through it, and it's gonna be fine. And I can't be mad at her. And listen, anybody listening to this, don't write in with this and that advice, or she's too young, or this or that. I don't want to hear it. We've started. We're two weeks deep. This girl's going to learn to pee in the potty. And she's going to learn how to poop in the potty, too. Yeah, and, and we're not going back. And, and that's Hannah, what I say to Daisy every day. Like, we're not going back. Well, that's what I try to tell her, too. And uh, Hannah's read all the books, though. So we're, we're, we're equipped. I mean, I've not been reading them, but Hannah has read them. So we're equipped. But at this point, the books, uh, I mean, I've forgotten all about it. I'm well, lost in my own world here. This is the thing, though. It's like the books, and then everybody will tell you, oh, my baby was so easy or uh oh this is what we did and it's like we're trying all the stuff we tried celebrations we tried uh uh rewards, rewards. we tried chocolates and stickers and blueberries and uh she ain't hearing it no i mean she no here's the thing she does potty in the potty yes she does about half the time yeah about half the time. And, and then, then we'll, gets, and we'll, and we'll have a couple days in a row where she's doing just great. And that's kind of what was happening. But to be fair to Daisy, we got a lot going on. We got a house renovation. We got people coming over and visiting all the time. I mean, we haven't done much for the kind of calm environment that they recommend. Hey, that's true. I mean, and I'm not taking anything away from her because she's a precious little child. She's such a precious little so, child. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying that... Um, this is what's happening. When I'm not doing comedy, I'm here and we're trying to figure this out. Yep. And we got, I got some plants growing and, and I always start seeds. Uh, I feel like they're at the right time and then it's still too cold to put them out. So they start, the seeds that I sprouted and start to grow, they start to die. And I'm, you know, seven and a half months pregnant and, you know, Dusty comes home and I'm not always just the sweetheart that you hear on this <laughs> podcast. I'm not this angel that I know you're envisioning me as when you listen to my voice. You know, I'm a strident Canadian woman. And it, he's not always getting that sweet Southern loving that he prob, that he deserves. So I'm out on the road. I'm working real hard. I get real tired. And I come home and I go, finally, some rest. But it doesn't come. No, I won't give it to him. No, the rest doesn't come. No. No. But, but and, it, and, and apparently it's about to ramp up. It is about to ramp up. Well, that's what I was going to say, though. It's it's like, so, all right. So then there's Kid Rock show, and then I have my show at Zany's, and then I have the Ryman, and then I go out to Richmond, Virginia, uh, to the Funny Bone out there for four shows. And then I come home, and I'm going to do, uh, I'll, I think we'll record two Nateland podcasts in one day. And these are two-hour-long podcasts, so that's four hours of podcasting. And then I'm going to go host a show at Zany's on the 24th. And then on the 25th and the 26th, I'm going to go to Dallas, Texas, to the Addison Improv. And then on the 28th, I'm going up to Grant, Oklahoma, to do shows with Larry the Cable Guy. And then, I'm gonna, and then uh, as we get into May, I'm going to do two shows, uh, back-to-back at Zany's, uh, and then come around to May 13th. Oh, I'm going to do two shows. I'm going to go to to um, uh, 
uh, where am I going to go in in uh, Missouri to the, the Blue to- Room? The Toad Suck Festival is oh. what it's called. God. And then I'm going to go to the Blue Room for four shows on a Saturday and a Sunday. And then May 13th in Knoxville, Tennessee, I'll record my first one-hour special. So we're all ramping up just to get to that May 13th spot. I'm going to be running my set like crazy trying to get myself there. So so we need prayers. We need some prayers. Yeah, we always need prayers, but everything's fine. There is no panic oh, here. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying the schedule's ramping up. It's all good. It is all good. We could always use prayers, but nothing's wrong. The nothing's way you said wrong. that, so we need prayers. Like I just listed off um, a bunch of tragedies. Well, I mean, oh, okay. Don't pray for us. No, no. I, I'm saying we we always need them, but uh, everything's fine. So I'm just my, so fat right now. I can't handle myself. Well, all right. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my brother-in-law came to visit. My brother-in-law, uh, I don't see him very often. We used to be very close. We still are close, but we, you know, we grew up together. My sister's 11 years older than me, and he started dating my sister when I was very young. I mean, I want to say she was 18 or 19 when they started dating. So what would that have made me? Seven? Eight? So uh, he's been around all that time, and they've been married for a really long time. And uh, so we grew up together in a lot of ways. And uh, we used to hang out a lot before I moved to Charleston. And then I would, you know, just occasionally see him. Um, and now we're really pushing for him to move to Nashville. We're pushing for it because my sister and, and, and their family would be a big help to us and Hannah mm-hmm. with the new baby coming. So we just had a great visit with him. It was a lot of fun. Uh, he, he is from Michigan. And he had a fairly, I don't think his family, uh, family was rich. I think he had a fairly well-off family. But growing up, I thought his family was rich, right? So my brother-in-law moved, he's college educated, moved down from Michigan uh, to live with us, me, my mom, my sister, in a two-bedroom, one-bath trailer, Um. And it was a real culture shock for him. And him and Hannah get along very well, I think. And I think a lot of that is is due to that, that they, they're, they're kind of coming in, experiencing these things. Now, Hannah's was a little different because by the time Hannah came down to be with me, I was in a, you know, I'm already out doing things. I'm, I'm, I'm out here running around uh, to, from comedy club to comedy club. Uh, the first weekend we were hanging together, I was opening for Aerie Spears, and uh, Hannah was witnessing all that. Um, but my brother-in-law, you know, he's coming down to Opelika, Alabama in the late 80s, early 90s, um, and into a trailer park. And he tells us that... Um, one time he wanted... Because he, we used to eat at Hardee's. Hardy's was about the only place we ate at. Hardy's, Western Sizzlin', and uh, a place called Tyler's. Used to be a restaurant in Opelika. That was about all we did. Now, I would do a Captain D's and a Shoney's, all the classic American restaurants. But my brother-in-law said to us, now, I don't remember this, but he said he said this to us one time. He goes, what about some Chinese food? Why don't we get some Chinese food? And we laughed at him. And we go, where would we get that? China? (laughs) Like he's some sort of idiot for suggesting Chinese food. Now, this is not a problem for Opelika. Opelika had Chinese food. This was specifically a my family issue. Y'all just didn't know about it. (laughs) Right. I mean, sometimes, you know, I feel like we have a tendency to say things and, 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 and act like it's somebody else's fault. Like, um, like I could say, oh, Opelika, we just didn't have Chinese food, but we did have it. Yeah. It's not Opelika's fault. Um, and my brother-in-law also wants, we were, um, 
we used to really pick on him because he was smarter than us or at least more educated than us. And, but he would say things and because we didn't know it or we didn't get it, uh, we would make fun of him about it. And one time we were like all playing, me and him and my sister, and we were laughing and I like knocked over some chocolate milk and it was spilling down into the floor vent, the air conditioner vent was spilling down in there and he goes, it's going into the register and we lost it. We were like, you know, basically like, this idiot's calling this a register. What are we at a what are we at a retail store? Uh, and we just laughed and laughed. And this was before the internet. There was no way for him to pull out his phone and just type in this and prove us both wrong. I mean, we just laughed and laughed and laughed. And the vent is called a register. That is what it's called. I've never heard that, and I'm from the north. But we just made fun of him so much. I remember my we were doing all these homemade haircuts for a while. My sister was cutting his hair, and she like was using that zzz, whatever you call that, the clippers, and uh, she like went too high on the back of his head, <laughs> and we were just laughing. We, we were laughing so much we could not control ourselves that my mom had to come in and finish the haircut because we couldn't control ourselves. Mm-hmm. But, but also Rob told me, that's my brother-in-law, one time that he, was, he um, found a gummy worm on the floor, just a random gummy worm, and he put it in his mouth to eat it and realize that it was a fishing worm which is just a rubber, like, silicone fishing worm. That's pretty gross. Did huh? he swallow it? I don't think he swallowed it. I think he was like, oh, that's gross. Now he's a grown man in his 50s with nearly adult children working a job on the grind. Yeah, I mean, he's doing great for himself. But he, you know, he worked, you know, I did a, you know, everybody knows I've done extensive, extensive podcast on working for spectracide i mean <laughs> it's to, not a podcast unless you bring up spectra to a degree once. that it, it i mean i went to home depot today and i walked down the pesticide aisle i mean it, it it will always be a part of my life but but my brother-in-law was when i was a kid he worked for spectracide he was a spectracide rep we had spectracide display shelves in our trailer i think in our bathroom the shelf where we put all of our toiletries and extra toilet paper was a spectracide shelf um he uh we had all kind of spectracide products he's how i got the job later in life that's how i got the job is through my brother-in-law uh, i mean spectracide he had a vhs tape of commercials that they were doing for Spectracide. And there was this guy who kept doing the commercials. And the slogan was, bugs can't hide from Spectracide. Weeds can't hide from Spectracide. All that kind of stuff. And I remembered that. And that was, I would use that when I was selling to people in stores. Because that's another aspect of what I did at that job. I would stand in the store on the, on the pesticide aisle and when customers would come down and say they'd be looking at a, uh, you know, a, a ortho brand wasp and hornet killer, I would come over and I'd go, you know, the spectracide wasp and hornet killer has a, you know, a, a 30 foot spray. So you can be way back from them. And I just used some spectracide wasp and hornet killer out at the cabin. So you got to witness how good this stuff was. And not only that, but the way you wielded it yes. was like, oof, this man has done this before. Yeah. I mean, I don't like killing things now. I'm not into it. But there were wasp nests all over the porch, and I can't have that. I can't be having my daughter getting stung. Well, I can't have my wife. can't have my daughter. I don't want to get stung either. Uh, so I, I can't have the wasp on the porch. 
So I sprayed them, but, you know, so I'd stand on the aisle and I'd go, uh, you know, you know, this has a 25, I can't remember how far, 20 feet, I think, has a 20 feet spray. And they would go, oh gosh, thank you for that. And I would help them or I would point out ingredients. I'd go, you see that roundup you're looking at there? It has this percentage of ingredient, which I can show you here. And then my product, the one that I sell, has this much more of that same active ingredient in it. And they would usually go, and then I'd go, it has more of the active ingredient and it costs less. And normally the customer would go, wow, thank you for being here and pointing that out to me. I will save myself some money and buy your product. I bet you were a great salesman. I was good at it. But once in a while, someone would go, well, I know this stuff works. And then I'd go, well, I'm showing you the active ingredient in the thing that you say you know works. And I'm showing you that that ingredient is in this bottle at, at a higher percentage. Ooh. And they would go, nah, I just know this works. And it would just irritate me so much that they wouldn't do it. I'm showing them. I'm giving the proof. And I feel like that was would be a precedent for life later as I as I stop drinking again to uncover the the secrets of this world and and the veil of the world would be torn down in front of my eyes and I would go, "Oh, this is exciting. I must tell people this information I've received and they will not hear it." Yeah, no one's listening to you. They're not listening. Well, people are listening. They do listen to the podcast, and I appreciate it. But yeah, yes. but I mean, the content on the podcast, like you know, our religious beliefs, and oh, oh, matter of fact, oh yeah, always, like people are always like, love the podcast, disagree with you thoroughly on your theology, but love what you're doing. Oh yeah, I and actually, everyone's real respectful about it. And I'm not even like, what I don't understand, but that is a a constant. Oh, we here got, we got some emails. Well, this is a comment from the Nateland podcast. Uh, this guy says, "I love Dusty, but hearing him talk about space is mind blowing. I cannot fathom how some are so naive. I don't want to call him dumb, but some of these responses are literally the dumbest things I've heard in a while." <laughs> so I said, "What's the dumbest one?" And he's not responded. Yeah. I. But that's just it, though, right? I'm naive for going against the mainstream narrative and thinking outside the box and simply asking questions. I'm not trying to act like I know everything. I'm simply, I'm reading things, I'm observing things, and I'm asking questions. It's naive to just go along with the mainstream narrative and just trust everything you're being told. That's what naive is. It's not naive to go, okay, I'm, I've heard what, and it could be said for m mainstream Christianity too, where it's like, I hear what you're saying, I'm learning it, I'm taking it in, and now upon further inspection, I've led, I've, I've been led to ask more questions. You know, it's just like, you know, I know I dwell on uh, this and that in the Bible, but the reason I dwell on the things I dwell on about the Bible is because it's like so much of the other stuff people are always talking about, right? But they're not talking about this, but it's like, you know, when, when Jesus says, uh, not one jot or tittle shall in no wise pass from the law until it all be fulfilled, uh, I go, oh, he's saying that none of the law is done away with until it's all fulfilled. It leads me to ask more questions. Like, what's going on? And people say, well, he fulfilled it on the cross. And I'm like, well, he fulfilled something, but he said it's till it's all fulfilled. I mean, seems like there's still left some stuff left to do. It seems like he, Jesus still has to come back. I mean, unless I missed something. And there is a... Um, I mean, this is a crazy one I stumbled across on TikTok, but there is a line of thinking out there that Jesus has already returned and there was a thousand year reign with Jesus on earth. And then there is, now we're in the time of Satan. We're in Satan's reign. Oh no, that's I mean, bad news. <laughs> that is bad. I'm not saying I believe that. I'm just saying that, that, that thought is out there and that's worth looking into and just reading about. Well, listen, we're all on our own path. And I think it's just human nature to try to discover truth. 
And then when you feel like you have found truth and, and, and are convicted on a truth, whether that be religion or whether that be science and space and this and that, it's also human nature to get defensive if someone calls what you believe and what you not just believe, but you think you know to be true, to get defensive when someone calls that into question. And so, you know, this guy's just calling into question, or this guy's just getting defensive in his own way, even if, if, if it's easier for him to just basically call you an idiot about questioning space or whatever. Right, but he says, I believe the mainstream, and you're dumb for not believing it. Right. And, you know, but also, you know, on the podcast... I'm making jokes. Yeah. I'm not trying to dive, even here, I'm not really trying to dive into it and tell anybody anything. I'm making jokes. So when I'm on Nate Land, my, my favorite thing is when Aaron and Brian and Nate are talking about space is to talk about it not being real and force them to answer questions that I have. It's just fun for me. Um, but I, I, I don't get that guy's comment on naive. It's just like that. I don't think he's using the word naive right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he should just say idiot. That's more <laughs> of an accurate. Thing. Well, that's well, that's what he's trying to say. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I just think that's fun. I love to read the comments. I get a lot of bad comments on, on Nate Land stuff, but I do love to read it. Um, Hannah has sent me some... Um, some emails here um that i send these to you i sent them to you but i sent them to you originally maybe so okay here we go let's read a couple okay hi dusty and hannah congratulations on the new baby i really the baby's not here yet just for the record Uh, But thank you. I really love the podcast and the comedy. I wanted to say thank you for sharing your experience with getting sober. It has helped inspire me to make some positive changes in my own life. All right. Congratulations. I've been working in craft breweries for about four years now, making way too little money and drinking way too much. After months of searching and applying, I was finally able to put in my two weeks notice, all right, and go back to another really fun job that I used to do, working in a public library. You're losing me. And uh, (laughs) I'll be much healthier and happier and in a much better position financially. Your two weeks notice bit was probably the first clip I saw from you, and I've made a habit of sending the clip to all my friends and coworkers when they change jobs. Now when things pop up at work, I get to think, I don't care, I'm about to quit. Um, This is great. This is a great email. I'm happy to hear, I don't know if you're saying you're getting sober, um, but I'm happy that even if you're not like sober completely that you're 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 reining it in i mean it is hard when you're you know when i first started uh doing comedy and i used to host trivia i was in a lot of these spots a lot of breweries a lot of um uh, bars and a lot of social environments where people it's like they take drinking as like you're not just partying now you're like classy now you're uh uh, eclectic. Now you're, uh, what's some other words? Connoisseur. Yeah. You're a connoisseur. You're like, Ooh, have you tried this IPA? Can you feel the hops in this? Wow. That's bitter, man. That's good. You know, those sorts of things. I don't even know the words. Can you smell that skunky beer? You know? And, and, and it's like beer's delicious. I mean, I used to love to get into it. I love to go and hang and just have beers and be like, yeah, that beer does taste good. But ultimately it would always lead me down a bad path. I'd just get way too drunk and, uh, I'd get drunk and then want to do shots. That's what always happened to me. But it's, it's, it's good to like, and I I make the joke about the public library because I'm not really into reading, but Yeah, I mean, you got to get into things that you want to get into. Like, you know, if you're just hanging out at these craft breweries, just gaining weight, drinking, uh, partying, you know, get into a library and read some books. I mean, I feel like 
nothing dumbed me down like alcohol. Alcohol was making me so dumb. And I don't think it's the same for everybody. I think people do have the ability to go out and enjoy themselves a few craft brews and then head on home and live a very productive life. Uh, But it was tearing me down. So I appreciate it. And thanks for sharing the two weeks notice bet. I mean, it has millions of views on YouTube and I, maybe you're a, uh, you know, you're a big help in that. I should record that joke again and put it on my YouTube so that when people share the clip, it'll be my clip they share and not Comedy Central's clip. Um, Because Comedy Central, you know, denied me a 30 minute uh, Comedy Central Presents. I was very disappointed about that. Now, this was before the Netflix, so ultimately, I'm glad it worked out the way it did, but they, my video did so good with Comedy Central, too, that I thought I would be a shoe-in for the half hour, but they didn't like it, apparently, but worked out because I ended up with a Netflix half hour, so that's great. Um, oh, and then this is the PS on the email. I think this is, this is really what we were looking for last week. This is about Hannah here. I enjoy hearing Hannah's mix of accents. It makes me laugh a little when she sounds completely Southern, but still drops a very Canadian about or house. Uh, I would say, I would guess that would be a boot. Uh, is that something? No, like I that? don't know. I, I can't. If I'm conscious of how I'm saying it, I'm not, I, yeah. I don't think I'm saying it truly. Uh, we're having a good time. So thank you for that. I appreciate that email. That's a great one. Uh, this person sent this one in to me. Um, It's a copy and paste. It says Mr. Slay, and it's about attic apartment. I I say several times that I lived in an attic apartment, and he sends the word attic, attic, I can't say it. Addict? Like a drug addict? No, no. He's like attic, like like you're in an attic of a house. Oh, okay. This is why he's sending it. Uh, Attic, a space or room just below the roof of a building, Uh, and then attic. A person who is addicted to a particular substance, typically an illegal drug. I'm only sending this because I'm still not sure what kind of apartment you lived in when you met Hannah. One was full of attic roommates, or the other was the top of a building. Both types exist. My money is on attic. (laughs) I I, I can't Mm -hmm. do it. Uh, His money is on uh, top of a building. Much love. Thank you for the amazing podcast, and thank you for Bible Talk. I've been praying much more since I found your podcast. All right, that's what I like to hear. That's what it's all about. I mean, really, life means nothing without God. I mean, it really does. I mean, you can be very happy, and life can be fun, and and so I'm not saying that you can't have a good time without God, but it's meaningless. Uh, If you ever read the book Ecclesiastes in the Bible, it's all meaningless without God. So I'm happy to hear when people are praying because, you know, God gives us all these things. God can take them all away. Uh, We're so blessed. And um, I'm so happy that people listen. And I'm happy that uh, they're praying. And, you know, I love to talk about weed and drinking and uh, all the things I used to do back in the day. Spectracide. I love talking about these things. But you know what? It is... um, you know, it's, uh, I'm happy to be free from alcohol. I'm happy to be married. I'm happy to have a family. It's all wonderful stuff. Here's another. Wait a minute. Are you not going to ant- like, like discuss what people are, are writing? Like you, like there's was comment on my accent and then we we're like, okay, thanks. And then the guy was like, which addict is it? Oh, we didn't even explain. Well, I lived in a, a room at the top of a building. Yeah, but there was also addicts living in there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get into that, yeah, I mean, but no, it it was uh, this was a this was a house built in the eighteen hundreds. Um, most likely, it was the only house around, and then ha- modern houses started to build all around it. It was on the west side of Nashville. I found it. I moved to Nashville. I moved in with another guy that I had never even met. But he was a comic and told me he was looking for a place to live. And I said, hey, I'm looking to move to Nashville. So he found us a place. um, And I lived with him for about two months. And then he's like, hey, I'm moving back home. And so I'm moving back in with my parents. So I was like, oh, okay. 
So I talked to my landlord about it and I said, hey, I'd like to stay if you just want to, you know, find another roommate for that. And she said, okay, no problem. And then as we were drawing near not finding a roommate, she goes, I just want you to know that, you know, you're still going to be responsible for the full rent of the apartment if we don't find a roommate. And I go, oh, okay, well, I'll move out. And then she was like, oh, I wasn't trying to say that you had to move out. And I go, all right, well, I don't want to pay the full rent, so I'll move out. So I went looking for a um, for a place, and I found this I found this ad. I don't know where I found it, Craigslist or something. And I went to the house. I was looking for looking at a room that was, uh, I think it was three hundred and fifty dollars a month, uh, which is incredible. Maybe maybe four twenty five. Either way, it was a great deal. And I went and I looked at it, and it was in the attic, um, and it was very hot. It was so hot up there. And then they showed me this other room, and they go, we also have this other room. And they opened it up, and it was this tiny little room in the attic, so hot. And they go, this one's 250 a month. They said, we don't advertise this one because we don't really want the kind of people that are looking for 250 a month to come to our house all the time. And I go, all right, I want that one. I want that 250 a month. <laughs> So I took that room and I moved in there and I lived there for, I lived in that room for, I don't know, two years or so. Um, and then I met, uh, and then Hannah was, Hannah came down and visited me when I was still in that room. And then I, as, as people started to move out of the house, because it was six people living there total. So when this one guy, because I was the newest one in the house at one point, but I really started to clean that place up. I started to turn it around. And as people started to move out, I would go, let me get this room. And so I ended up with the best room in the house in the end. Um, but as we started, as I lived there, this, this, this revolving door of roommates started moving in. And this one guy, he's like, uh, he moved in and he was like, um, he was like, um, uh, Cuban, like a cute, he, he wasn't from Cuba, but he was like a Cuban, r real small. He's a sweet guy, a little gay man. Um, name, uh, I forget what his name was, but he would, he was just, my mom really liked him. She came to visit. She thought he was so sweet. Zach was his name. She thought he was so sweet. She really liked him. He was a nice guy, but he would get real wasted and just be falling all over the place in the house. And then he would just say weird things. Like, he, I was like making hamburgers one night, and he's like, oh. He goes, I can't really do it that way. He goes, he goes oh, I make the juiciest hamburgers. And I'm like, okay, dude. <laughs> <laughs> just say you make a good hamburger, you know what I mean? And uh, But he was nice, but he told me one time, he, he said, he said, I'm a, I'm a, he said, I'm a prostitute and a heroin addict. And I was like, jeez, dude. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, I don't believe you, but I also don't know why you would lie about something like that. And it was just like, and eventually he moved out, but I went up into his room one time and it was just a mess up there. And when he moved out, he didn't clear out all of his stuff. So he had to go up there and clear it out. And he had like a, just a mattress on the floor. He was sleeping on a lot and a lot of cigarette butts all over the place. And you weren't allowed to smoke cigarettes in the house, but he was just sitting up in that room smoking cigarettes, I guess. And then we had another guy. This is the guy, the reason we moved out because Hannah was living there at the time. Uh, Hannah rented a room in the house too. That way we didn't have seven people living there. Um, so this guy, he moved in. And um, I thought the guy was fine. I had no problem with the guy. But Hannah thought he was real shady and started pointing out some stuff to me. And I was like, well, I guess. We had a comic in town. Jean Whitney was her name. She lives in L.A. But she was in town. She was doing my show. And I had an extra room in the house. So I would always let comics stay if they wanted. And um, we had this nice room upstairs. So we put Jean in this nice room, full bed. It's great. And then we go, like, well, all right, so me and Gene do the show, and this roommate comes. I forget his name. What was his name? I don't know. Dylan? No, yes. not Dylan. It was another Dylan. Um, I don't know. Let's call him Joe. And so uh, me and uh, Joe goes to the show to watch, and me and Gene. And so, um, 
so me and Gene, um, uh, come back. From yeah, the show. We, we go to yeah. Hannah's trying to tell me about the microphone here, and it's really distracting me. And I just want everyone to know why I lost my train of thought here. But I, um, so we go. We want to go to the Waffle House, me and Joe and Gene, and then we go to the house. We pick up Hannah. We come back. And we go to the Waffle House. We're all sitting there eating. Me and Hannah are on one side, and she's like right across from Joe and starting to make eye contact with Joe. And she just said he had like this dead eye look. And then he came over here for a job, and then the job didn't pan out, and he just seemed very nonchalant about it. And then I had to, we had a pipe bust in the house, and the plumber had to come and fix some things. So I had to take the plumber up to Joe's room, and I went into Joe's room, and he had been there for a month or so, and it was just a little mattress and a pile of clothes. He had nothing, but yet he was always so well dressed. It was so weird. I'm like, I don't know how you get well-dressed with just a pile of clothes here on the floor. But we ended up moving out. Do you want to describe your feeling of that guy? Yeah. Well, yeah, he had crazy eyes. I felt like he seemed crazy to me. He was the kind of person that, you know, acts just like fine and smiling. But he just, he, he just, he gave me the absolute creeps. And then when that girl, Jean, was spending the night, I felt guilty. I thought he was going to try to do something to her in the night. So I had to warn her about it. And that probably just freaked her out. Yeah. So Hannah comes down into the room and she goes, she goes, I am. And this is the first time hearing of it. I'm totally cool with Joe. She goes, that, that guy's freaking me out. That guy's so creepy. There's something going on with that guy. You better go tell Jean to that. She better lock that door. And I go, I'm not going up there and telling her that, but you go up there and tell her. So I'm sure Hannah just goes into the room and goes, lock the door. We don't know this guy. Lock the door. As I was saying it to her, because I didn't know her, I, I was like, oh, I'm the crazy one here. Yeah. But we, me and Dusty moved out, and within a month of us moving out, Joe got kicked out because yeah. he didn't pay his rent. Yeah. So he was definitely some kind of drug addict, some kind of freak, freaky uh, creep predator. Yeah. So I was I, right. I, I don't know. I can't say all that. He was a deadbeat. Well, That's all I can say for he, him. Something's going on because the whole time we lived there, we had a lot of roommates and no one got kicked out but him. So, yeah. So it, it was a little of both. It was a little bit of an addict uh, apartment and an addict apartment. There you go. And um, and as far as Hannah's accent goes, I feel like we've addressed it several times, but Hannah's ca Canadian and lives down in the South uh, with me and... Early on in our relationship, um, we would argue a lot. We would fight a lot. We were on the road. We were working the road together, um, and we were just fighting all the time. And Hannah started talking in a southern accent, and we started doing this fake fighting thing where we would kind of like uh, fight with each other, but in a fake way, but it was also a way to actually get out things that were irritating us about each other. And Hannah started doing it in a Southern accent. And she was saying she was doing the accent of my dad. She's talking like my dad. Yeah. And, um, so I think that eventually the accent just, uh, took over kind of like, um, I don't know. I just watched the movie Spider-Man the other day on a plane with Andrew Garfield and the guy, the doctor needs to regrow his arm. So he invents this reptilian serum that he can inject into his <laughs> arm and it helps his arm to regrow. But eventually it takes over and he becomes full lizard. Yeah. So that's what's happening to Hannah. She's, oh, yeah. she's worked a little Southern accent and now it's completely taken over who she is. It and, sure has. Yeah. And it's been a wild ride. So let's do this other one here. Uh, hey, Dusty, I've been listening to you on Nate's podcast for a while now, and I ran out of episodes, so I went looking for something else to listen to while I, while I work. I listened to your latest podcast, and I've got to tell you that your wife stole the spotlight. Oh, wow. Every word she said was dripping with sarcasm, and it was absolutely cracking me up. You guys must have a lot of fun. Congrats on the upcoming birth of your son. Well, we do have a lot of fun. We do have a lot of fun. But you're right about that sarcasm. I mean, it <laughs> is never ending. Is that true? I'm just trying to live out here. Is that true? Is my sarcasm that thick? Nah, it, it, yeah, you do have a lot of sarcasm. This really? is what Hannah likes to do to me, though. Um, 
she'll go instead of going like today i was outside you know she was like kind of daisy was napping hannah was just kind of like you know binging on some tv just kind of chilling out or whatever and i'm just doing stuff i'm changing out the air filters in the house i'm watering the grass i'm putting some weed and feed on the front yard i'm i'm you know i'm i'm potting plants you know i'm just hearing about and we've had construction going on they've had you know insulation and uh um uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, I don't know the the fiberglass. Now nah, the the boards that they're putting up, the sheetrock, sheetrock, and mud and sanding and. But we we finally got our living room back today, and we readjusted the living room. And she comes in and she goes, "You got to help me clean off these couches here," uh, you know. And <laughs> that's not sarcasm. That's just no, a- it's not sarcasm. That's an attitude problem. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> instead of going, instead of going, hey. It seems like some of that stuff is on the couch. Will you help me clean it up? She goes, you got to help me clean off these couches. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it, it's like sometimes I just hate myself because I'm such <laughs> B-I-T-C-H. And I'm like, why am I like this? And then the fact that I'm I'm aware of it and I continue to be like this, it's like, wow. <sighs> Lord, help me. But you know what? We got it done. We got the vacuum out. Well, Dusty will just say things like, you know, I love to help you. Of course I'll help you. And then he just goes right to cleaning the couch. And I said, I'm, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said that to you. Well, I know her too well. I know that uh, it's just like, we just got to get it done. That's like, because she said it. And then I was like, well, you're probably right. There probably is some of that stuff on the couch and I don't want you sitting in it. I don't want Daisy sitting in it. So let's go ahead. Let's vacuum up. Let's clean up. It wasn't visible to me, but I was like, there could be some. I had a real attitude problem today. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I I still have one right now. I would say going back a couple of days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cause I'm potty training too. Yeah. And I'm very worn out by it. Well, you're doing the brunt of the potty training. And that is, um, that's a job. I mean. Like trying to get into the psychology of your 23-month-old child. Why this child that has otherwise been very pleasant and obedient screams for high hell every time you try to just put her on the toilet. and. It's like why? What 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 about this are you so again it's like it's like I'm trying to figure her out and then also at the same time I'm like I guess I've failed as a mom that I can't just make my kid in get into this. Well she she you know she gets into the reward, right? We started giving her sort a little of. little well no, she gets into it in this way. We started giving her little pieces of chocolate, just little small pieces as a reward for peeing. But now she's like, we'll go, all right, let's go to the potty. She goes, get some chocolate. (laughs) And it's like, well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. But, you know, and you said it to me earlier. You said, listen, if you're not going to be stressed out about this, you'll be stressed out about something else. Well, I don't know how many times I've said that to you. I mean, that is true. And I think you're you're right. You're like, you need to learn yourself, Hannah. You're always bitching and complaining. You'll go. Okay. If no family comes to town to visit, you'll go, oh, I wish we had some help. And then if family comes to town, you go, too many people have been coming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like. <laughs> that's the truth, Dusty. That's the dog honest truth. And you know that's true. I do know it's true. And I know it's true, too. Oh, I had another Lord neighbor. help me. I had another neighbor update. But um, um, I wanted to uh, talk about my neighbor that I got into the argument with about the fence. We've been, it's almost like he feels bad about the fence so much that he feels like we need to talk extra about the grass and about stuff like that. And uh, it feels good. I mean, yeah. we really get out there and we, we're, we're talking, you know, Summer's coming, I guess. You know, we'll say things like that. deep into the shallow waters of small talk. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, I'm into it, and I'm excited. And yeah, I mean, it's like things are about to ramp up, so there'll be a lot more comedy talk, a lot more things like that. And, you know, honestly, we're just both very tired, but it's 10 o'clock here, and we just, uh, but we felt good about the level of consistency we've had with our podcast, and we wanted to keep it going. 
Um, and we've been enjoying. I've been enjoying it. I have enjoyed I've it been too. Enjoying it. But I hope this one was interesting. I know we're very. We're talking very domestic life stuff here. Yeah, and this. I feel like my energy was a little bit antagonistic towards. And my you. brain is foggy. I mean, I thought I thought yesterday I was going to be sick, and I just my sinuses are still not great, but I feel much better. Um, but um, yeah, so we hope you enjoyed this, and uh, we're having a good time. Mm-hmm.